Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Tyler here and she with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Well, it was an eventful start to what is certainly going to be an eventful week this week. Got a busy week coming up uh, really all over the board here. Uh, not too big of news, but tomorrow, Jay Powell's uh, nomination once again will appear uh, in front of Congress to, to get his appointment back as Fed Chairman Lyle Brainerd, as well as Vice Chair, will be going through that same process shortly here as well. And then the biggie, the one that has a lot of people on edge right now, is on Wednesday. We'll get the latest CPI data. Big news coming there. As we all know, it's going to come in hot, more than likely, which has everybody on edge wondering what the Fed will do next. And I'll touch on that here more in a second. And then later in the week, we kick off Q4 earnings, as always, with the big banks, which have done really well over the last few weeks, uh, really playing leadership into the last month of last year or so, or really the beginning of this year, as we've seen all-time highs from a number of banks, as well as the financial sector just on Friday, we got an all-time high from that group. Uh, so big banks will be kicking off earnings. will be another eventful earnings season here. We'll be reporting on all of it, of course. But back to the big news of the week, and that is what is the Fed's next move? And no doubt some of that CPI data will come into play here. But it really got kicked off this morning is Goldman Sachs, came out with a call today, and it's been echoed since then by other groups, that the Fed will raise rates four times in 2022. Futures this morning were negative, but closer to flat until this news broke. And that is when the markets really started to sell off going into the open and then after the open as well. And listen here, going back, to the financial crisis. There is no love here at the VRA for Goldman Sachs, the vampire squid of Wall Street, as Matt Taibbi coined the term, coming out of the financial crisis. Uh, But we do want to point out here that Goldman has been dead wrong when it comes to tightening cycles in the past. Uh, Kip got retweeted and and commented by Zero Hedge this morning, making a great point. Zero Hedge made this same point as well. They're they're saying that two hikes top this year. That's higher than ours. We've been saying one hike at most for this year. Uh, But really, going back for years, three years ago, Goldman called for rates to move back to 4 to 5%. Rates were roughly 3% at the time. That was on the 10-year yield. Think about what happened three years ago. Hard to believe that we're coming up on on three years of this. But like I said, the 10-year was at 3%. Goldman calls for it to go to 4 to 5. Just a year after that, we get coronavirus insanity that sent the 10-year all the way down to a 0.52. So they were, were wrong hugely there. We expect them to be wrong here again on four rate hikes this year. Jamie Dimon, uh, actually, interestingly enough, 
The turn of the day happened when Jamie Dimon came out and said there could be more than four this year. That actually marked the bottom for our right at the bottom for our major indexes today. But overall, the bottom line here is that the Fed will have to raise rates, at least to save face here, to say that they're combating this runaway inflation that they've created by inflating the U.S. money supply, by money printing, increasing the supply of U.S. dollars by 42% in just the last two years. Uh, So yes, they will have to do something. We're still in the camp that it'll likely only be one rate hike this year to save face. But we all know this year is a midterm year. And historically, the Federal Reserve does not want to do anything to hurt the Democratic Party's chances in a midterm already looking abysmal for them as well. The Fed doesn't want to add fuel to that fire. Uh, so that's our view here. And really, the the point being, this is going to be, they're going to make huge a huge deal about rates all year, but the market can handle slightly higher rates. And that's been our theme over the last few weeks. Markets do not typically have their big corrections at the beginning of Fed tightening. The corrections take place at the end of Fed tightening. We saw it in 2018. The Fed was able to raise rates seven times before the market freaked out. The market continued higher, continued to hit all-time highs. It wasn't until we came up to that eighth hike that the real sell-off began in December of 2018. We've called that the December from hell because the Fed raised rates, nobody was around uh, to help the market out at all. Everybody was on holiday and they tanked the market, of course, under a Republican president. We've talked about this stat a lot. Fed raised rates eight times under Trump, a whopping one time under Obama. And I forget the exact number of how many times it was under Bush, but it was like 12 times leading up to the financial crisis. Uh, So bottom line here again, the market is freaked out about what the next Fed policy will be, but we continue to remain in the buy dips crowd here until we enter the final stages of what the Fed will do to tighten. No worries here from the VRA. That's how we see it. Uh, and That's how we're going to continue to play it here. The 10-year yield was higher today, but only finished up about half a percent, still at a 1.78. So that is uh, above the peak that we saw in March of last year, where we topped out at a 1.76. But we did get all the way above a 1.8 today. That is its highest level since pre-coronavirus there as well. But over the long term, our our, our view, and certainly the minority view here, remains unchanged that Rates will continue lower. We have a 41-year history now of yields heading lower. We expect that trend to continue as well, although we could head a little bit higher here in the short term. Looking at our markets on the day today, like I said, going into the open, futures really sold off after that Goldman call. Uh, After the open, markets continued to head lower from there. And then we got that Jamie Dimon call pretty much marked the lows of the day. And then we finished at just about the highs of the day across the board here. NASDAQ, which has been our laggard, down 
just under 6% last week alone. And if you look at it from the highs of November of last year at the, to the lows of today, we actually entered correction territory for the NASDAQ down over 10%. But today, NASDAQ actually, for what was a flat day, showed some serious strength off over 2% earlier in the session, rallied all the way back to finish up 0.05% on the day today to 14,942. And we saw it in the mega caps here as well. The mega caps have sold off other than Apple hitting their $3 trillion valuation last Monday. Since then, they've sold off though as well. We also have seen Google selling off, Microsoft, Amazon, which really, I mean, it, it still is not looking good on a chart. But key point, the mega cap names all finished at their highs of the day today as well. Apple, Microsoft, Google, and Tesla all rallying off their lows to finish positive on the day today. And we got it from the semis as well. And the semis actually led tech. So that's what you want to see on a day like today where everyone's starting to get a little panicky. We still had tech lead and the semis led tech. So really pretty solid close for us here today. We were followed there by the S&P 500 down 0.14% to 4,670. Next up here were the small caps down four tenths of 1% to 2,171. And lastly, the Dow down 0.45% to 36,068. Looking at our internals on the day today, not what you want to see here. I mean, not what do you expect on a down day like today, especially as how far we were down earlier in the session. Not quite two to one negative on advancing to declining stocks. Declining stocks did beat out advancers though on both the NYSE and the NASDAQ. And then new 52 week highs to lows. We talk about this here often, can be a little bit of a lagging indicator because it's cumulative throughout the day. So if it hits a new low earlier in the session, but then like we saw from many of our stocks today, finishing well off the lows and even positive, it still gets counted in the new 52 week lows. So keep that in mind as I go through these numbers because we got a reading today that we did not want to see from the NASDAQ. The number of stocks hitting new 52-week lows hit the lowest level since the March to April timeframe from 2020, right in the middle, right in the heart of coronavirus lockdown insanity. We've referenced that number a few times. It was much bigger than this, but the previous low in this metric was about a month ago. We had 732 stocks hitting 52-week lows. We would have liked to have seen that mark the bottom and a rally from there, but we made another low today at 740 stocks hitting 52-week lows. So that marked a low for about a month from there. We'll see if we can get the same here today as well. And then on the NYSE coming in about two to one negative for uh, 52-week highs to lows as well. And lastly, for the internals, volume, really not that bad for a day like today. Coming in negative for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ, but the NASDAQ almost rallied all the way back to finish even here on the day. So maybe a little bit of a bright spot there from our internals. Looking at our sectors on the day today, we finished with three out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day today. We were led by healthcare, followed by technology, just barely up, and communication services. And then our laggards on the day today have been some of our leaders recently, industrials, materials, consumer staples, and utilities. For many of those, we're at 
at or near overbought conditions on our VRA momentum oscillators. We've pulled back some in the last week. Uh, so we'll keep our eye on that as well because we saw the defensives so strong in December with the, with the idea of higher yields coming. We'll see if that trend continues here. But the rubber band has been stretched really far here on yields, getting back to, the, like I said, the highest level since coronavirus began. Uh, and they are at extreme overbought readings here. So once the rubber, rubber band has been stretched this far, it's oftentimes time for a snap back here. We're looking at some ways to play that right now, whether it's through TLT, which is the bond ETF, uh, looking very good on the chart right now. Uh, so stay tuned here. We'll be discussing this. This is the hot topic right now. Uh, we'll be continuing to cover it here. And then finally for today, our VRA commodity watch gold now up two tenths of 1% to $1,800 an ounce silver up as well. Uh, 0.44% to $22 and 50 cents an ounce. These, this is a group right here, the precious metals that we think could be one of our biggest movers in 2022. Given what we've seen over the last two years, like I mentioned earlier, 42% more dollars circulating in the system in just the last two years and gold and silver have, have really not done much at all uh, in that time frame. It is time for them to have their turn. We've seen it from tech. We've seen it from uh, the mega biotech companies as well and a lot of other sectors, energy as well. It's time for the value names in precious metals to rally here as well as we see it for a theme of 2022. Next up was copper down just over eight tenths of 1% to $4.37 a pound and oil down uh, just over six tenths of 1% to $78.41 a barrel. Finally for today, Bitcoin and the other cryptos really continuing their sell off here. Uh, Bitcoin down the least of the other cryptocurrencies. A lot of, you know, it's tough to tell from this group because the Bitcoin maximalists are so hardcore, they would never tell you to sell any of this, right? They're not in this for the trade. They're in it for the hodl, for the long run. Uh, so it's tough to tell. It's tough to get a real accurate sentiment gauge here. But there is a fear and greed index for Bitcoin as well that is now at extreme fear mode. So interesting to see. Uh, we'll see if this sell-off continues for Bitcoin. Bitcoin now down at 1.44% to 41700 a Bitcoin. Over the long term, we remain extremely bullish on Bitcoin. But in the short term, we got to wait and see how this shakeout takes place here. Folks, that is all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.